for themselves. The Money Show. The Markets. And on to Simoni Sungomalo, who is a portfolio manager at the Old Mutual Investment Group. And I saw today um, that we, we're getting increasing reports, sort of upbeat reports um, from international investors, suggesting that South Africa's shares are actually, relative to the rest of the world, which are quite inflated, offering some fairly decent value, Simoni. So, um, is this something with which... You can still conquer, because you guys have been very bullish on South African shares for quite some time. Are you still in that camp? Ah, Good evening, Bruce, and good evening to your listeners. Yes, Bruce, we are firmly in that camp. Um, I think what we're seeing in the world, if we just lay a global context before we come back to South Africa, the biggest discussion that's happening now is whether or not there is inflation or how sticky um, and, and persistent that inflation in the U.S. is. Now, remember, the U.S. hasn't had inflation since the 1970s. And basically, what does inflation mean? If inflation is indeed persistent in the U.S., then the central bank or the Fed will have to raise rates. Raising rates creates, uh, it changes the price of money. It makes money a little bit more expensive. And if you look at U.S. equities, they are at very, very high multiples. They're looking very expensive. So a global investor is getting nervous about valuations that they're paying for in the U.S. and saying, hey, this economy could slow, this market could come down if the Fed raises rates. Then they look at a country like South Africa and they say, hey, wait a minute. Last year, we saw some South African shares deliver astonishing returns. If we just look at the hospitality sector in South Africa, last year, I think, um, Investec did 140, 150%. Soho Sun did 140%. MTN did 180% last year. And some of these companies are still looking very attractive, Bruce. And so, therefore, yes, global investors on a relative basis are saying, hey, we think there's value in South Africa, and we are firmly in that camp, and our clients' position, funds are positioned along that line. Uh, how much of it is dependent on what happens with American interest rates? What happens to the global growth picture, which has the Chinese growth numbers, which came out today and showing a very impressive bounce to 8.1%, but a dramatic slowdown in the fourth quarter, illustrate that there is activity there, albeit slowing, and in the United States, a deep desire to start raising interest rates to cool the, the temperature of inflation. Yes, Bruce. That's a, that's a brilliant question. But South Africa um, is a small economy, and so therefore we react to global growth. But obviously what also drives us reacting to global growth is that we are a commodity producer. And so if the world is growing, the world uses commodities. And so therefore that's why we'll see companies like Anglo-American, BHP, etc. We'll see those companies in the resource which dominate um, South Africa Actually, those companies will perform well. So we need a favorable global growth environment for South Africa to then get the spillover benefits. And so that does matter. And at the moment, actually, Bruce, if we look at it, especially in an inflationary um, environment, commodity prices are still high, albeit lower, lower than they used to be um, sometime in the middle of last year. But they're still very high. So the commodity companies are still generating large amounts of free cash flow. They're still net employers. They are investing in South Africa. That then spills over to the wages that they pay employees in South Africa who go on and consume and spend money and shop and etc. And that is good for our overall economy and obviously also good for our currency. So yes, the global environment 
definitely matters when it comes to South Africa because we are beneficiaries of a favorable um, global environment. But also, Bruce, like we said earlier, prices matter. Investing is all about the price you pay. I mean, if you think about last year, because every, every now and then people make the mistake of thinking that buying the best company will equate to good returns. But if you think about it, some of the, one of the best companies in South Africa is the NASPERS Process Group. Last year, the market gave you 27%. NASPERS uh, Process gave you minus 18%. And companies that were shunned completely last year um, were the likes of, say, ArcelorMittal, which gave you 800% in one year. And PPC gave you 250% last year. And so, therefore... Sometimes the best company doesn't make for the best investment. It's all about pricing that asset relative to what is expected in the market and what the company can deliver. And South African assets are still looking relatively cheap. What is the impact of China beginning to cut rates to get economic activity stabilized in that country while the rest of the world is in a hiking cycle? The world's number one economy, America wants to slow things down, the world's number two economy wants to speed things up. It seems like a bit of a contradiction. It, it is, Bruce, but we must remember that China is ahead of the cycle and ahead of the world. And if we think about in 2020, China, obviously Wuhan is where the coronavirus was first discovered um, or originated from. So China shut down the economy and they were first, um, in, I suppose, in terms of an economic contraction. And then, but they were also the first out of, of, of that economic contraction, and then the rest of the world enters an economic contraction. And so China then stimulated their economy um, throughout 2020 and 2021, and now we are starting to see them, and then they've been trying to cool their economy down. Um, and so now them going back ahead and saying, hey, let us stimulate a little bit more. Um, and we saw that in some of the credit impulse numbers um, recently turning up in China, which means China saying, okay, let's just manage this economy well and start putting in a little bit more growth. So that, that is normal, and we are seeing China being ahead of the curve. The one thing, though, Bruce, that we should note is that obviously China is a commodity um, consumer. It consumes, it's a dominant consumer of commodities and globally. And so it's important to South Africa. And the one thing that on a long-term investment horizon we should pay attention to, China is starting to head towards where Japan headed previously, in that its population is now aged. They have built a lot in terms of fixed investment in China. I mean, they have constructed a lot. And you can see the pressure on the Chinese property um, companies. And so, therefore, there are question marks to be asked about the sustainability of China as a fixed investment-driven economy or an investment-driven uh, economy, which will have big implications on commodities like iron ore, um, etc. And so, therefore, one needs to think about that on a longer-term basis. Mm. So then, but where are the opportunities in China? China wants to become the biggest, I suppose, um, a leader in green technology. And we can see that. And so what is that going to benefit? Well, that's going to benefit, I suppose, the platinum sector, which, again, in South Africa, Fortunately, we are blessed with the fortune of having um, a platinum sector. And so that's where we need to start thinking and looking at. So yes, China's coming back. But again, if you take a longer term perspective, yeah, China's economy is evolving and it will likely become, like the UK, US has become, a consumption-driven economy. Um, and so therefore, that's what investors need to think about from China in a longer term mm. perspective.
What was quite refreshing today was to see an update from Capital and Counties, and Capital and Counties owns quite a lot of inner London property, property that has been abandoned in recent years uh, by tenants, and the boards went up at the beginning of the pandemic. We started to see an opening up of central London, particularly the area around Covent Garden, where Capital and Counties has a huge exposure, Um, and that was encouraging to see that London's economy certainly seems to be being revitalised quite nicely. Yes, Bruce. I mean, I, I think this is the, the key, I suppose, about the current market that we're in. And that, one, um, what we've seen with, um, with Omicron is that Omicron, the data is showing us that Omicron is infectious, but Omicron, because of uh, what well, it's less potent than the previous um, variants. And so, therefore, we're seeing lower deaths. And obviously, we're seeing a rollout of boosters, which means globally, people are getting a lot more confident and they're starting to go out there and consume and live. And so we saw the Covent Garden, as you say, a very, very uh, good asset for capital and counties. We saw pleasing um, recovery in that. They've got a long way to go, Bruce, but you're starting to see economies come alive and people starting to come back out again and shop and utilize that. But again, there, we've got to pay attention to the rentals because there was quite a lot of discounting um, that went in, um, especially at the height of the crisis. And so, therefore, yes, the trend is trending positively, which is good. Um, But again, Bruce, the devil's always in the detail here. But it does show a positive upturn in the London property sector. Thank you, Sibonisa Ngomalo, Portfolio Manager at the Old Mutual Investment Group. Just gone half past six and Maki Molapo has got the